Joke's on us, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast that is every week on the Laser Time Podcast Network, with your host, me, Henry Gilbert, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter. Thank you. Uh, Hey, sound is working. Chris uh, and I have been playing with a number of technical difficulties today. Fuck this computer. Fuck Windows 8. Fuck Bill Gates for not being at the organization to do quality assurance that basic headphone technology worked. Fuck this gay earth. Fuck what's going on in Baltimore. Fuck the new Batman issue. Uh, (laughs) That issue is good. But but it made me sad. But fuck, most of all, everybody in Europe who's seen Age of Ultron... Fuck you. Yeah, boy. Fuck you. Yeah, I had the guts to say it. (laughs) Fucking assholes. And that's Chris Antista, co-host of the show. Yes. Line up. Follow me on Twitter to suck my dick. Fuck you. Uh, This is, again, like I said, our weekly podcast where we talk about uh, graphic novels, uh, drawings on paper. I read a lot, actually. Comics. Yeah, (laughs) you've probably read more than me, I think, this week. Uh, But first off, wanted to mention two things. One, in the last week, tons of people bought the Avengers commentary and uh, Iron Man 3 commentary that we put up on lasertime.bandcamp.com. I want to thank all you guys. You know, it's really, uh, you know, it helps smooth the transition in my life now. From oh, what? You can't do that not- for the laser time commentaries when trying to pay a tax bill? Yeah, that shit's well, paid. So well, other people, I didn't get nothing. Come on, man. What the fuck? They, I, this they, character, no, I, I don't know how okay. much longer I can keep it up. Uh, what are you, Michael Douglas and Falling Down? I think so. Hey, my luck's beginning to turn. Homer brings me back. Uh, That brings you back from the edge. Uh, But yeah, I wanted to thank... First, before we get into the regular stuff, I wanted to thank everybody for going to the band camp and buying that stuff. It it really helps us, and I hope you had fun. I saw a lot of positive comments saying, like, oh, this is great. I did. Don't say anything nice to me. I'm not not really going to do it. A lot of people said nice things, and even saw a number saying, like, you guys should do every Marvel film. Do all the MCU. Like, and who knows? Maybe we will. Who knows? But but we had a really good time with it, and uh, again, if you haven't seen it, uh, if you haven't got it yet and listened to it, maybe check it out on on lasertime.bandcamp.com. Also, I wanted to say a quick shout-out to the poor Mr. Ty Templeton. He's one of my... uh, the. Um, this comic book writer, artist named Ty Templeton, who uh, I knew him as the um, artist on the Batman animated series comic of, mm. uh, of uh, the 90s. And it was a very good comic, far better than it needed to be. And he was one of the main artists on it. He's just a, he's just a very good artist. He had a, a major heart attack last Whoa. week. He, he is he is recovering and at home and mm. uh, and is, has some good humor about it. But I just want to wish him well, Ty. Have a feel feel better. Uh, all right, so let's get into the regular. What have you no. been reading? I mean, so, sure. Um, what have I? Oh, been also, reading? we stream. Well, what have we been streaming? Me and you just streamed Captain America: Super Soldier today. We'll be streaming the Avengers by the time you hear this. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, let's see if Henry can turn it around. Hey, or I love if Twitch that can work, too. or if Twitch can work. Uh, man, how did that company sell for a billion? I don't know how. Like, what if people have to make money? On, they're yeah. living on Twitch, and it's down like every other day. I don't know how these people are doing it, man. They should just go. It, the people on those like uh, live girl streams are much more stable. I bet they should be going. Man, I can't there. wait. The second, the second a YouTube comes up with a better chat system and interface, I will abandon Twitch like the fucking plague. They still don't have. They don't have a program. They, they, you have to buy one separately through another company just to use it. 
yeah. Or or you just stream directly from like your Xbox or Connect and just that's all they got. It looks just ugly. Unless it's something like D four, which Microsoft says, hey, you can't stream that. (laughs) Not with our app. Yeah, we're we're banning this because we know you can kind of experience most of the game like this. Watch the entirety of the game that way. Which that to me just says like, well, what good are single player games at all then? If, you, if that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting that we did. I've always wanted to play uh, Captain America's Super Soldier, which mm-hmm. is what it's called uh, from Sega. Because this is the best MCU game before they stopped making them all together forever. Yeah, I will, I will never consider that not tragic. There's not a fucking Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy is perfect. I know it's hard to punch uh, punch robots uh, <laughs> through a. Through a uh, not Metropolis, through New York. Uh-huh. I'm, I know that's hard to do over and over again. Look at the Spider-Man games, but Guardians of the Galaxy is firm ground for like T-rated alien killing mm-hmm. and it, it all like vastly different characters. Well, for Spider-Man, he's at least lucky that he has a character in his history called Alistair Smythe who makes spider-slaying robots. Mm-hmm. So that worked in one game. I could pull out the robots in one game, but uh, yeah, you had, you had me excited that you read this. The, the Spider-Man video game license for Activision that expired, but that can't be true. Maybe, maybe Amazing Two is their last one. I, I have know. to imagine it's separate because it's like it's very There's specifically says like Sony. Spider-Man the movie yeah. in the beginning of like every one of their games. I bet their license for non-movie games is up, which is how they did you know Shattered Dimensions and Web of Shadows. But anyway, what have I? I'll start first with what I've been reading because mine I think is a shorter list than yours, Chris. But still, uh, go to YouTube.com/slash/LazerTimeNetwork. Uh, me, Dave, and or Hank have streamed uh, a bunch of Avengers S games mm-hmm. uh, leading up to Age of Ultron. Out this, yeah. damn it! I have an extra ticket too. Lady's not coming. What well, uh, did you break up over the weekend? Or? We it's... did end on a fight, but it's uh, <laughs> but I don't really care that you, much. About that. Like the next day, I was like, I bought tickets. You're coming? He's like, it's at seven o'clock. I can't make it back to the city by seven. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know that's true. Yeah. Um, so too bad. I, too you don't, bad. I know you don't care that much anyway. So mm-hmm. it's all me. Okay, so I read, first off, Silk number 3, the uh, newest mm. issue of Silk. It has become my favorite Spider Lady spinoff. Really? Got it. More than Spider-Gwen, though that one has sold so well. It, it sold, its first issue sold 300,000 copies, which is a number that pretty much no comic, single-issue comic hits these days. But I like Silk more than Spider-Gwen. I like Silk more than Spider-Woman. There's something about Cindy Moon's... I don't know. There's... There, her adventure is more interesting to me, I guess. Mm. And then maybe I like the art better, too, and the way they write Cindy. It's a lot like, less typical uh, yeah. for at least her origin. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, she's just a more unpredictable character. And I like the enemy she's facing, too. Though the second issue of the new Change of Pace for Spider-Woman mm-hmm. has been pretty good, too. I did really enjoy that. And then the other Marvel book I read this week was... Princess Leia number three, mm. which was pretty good, pretty good. Really would like to catch up on that. I like what Ter- Terry Dodson and, and his wife uh, Rachel Dodson are are great artists to wife. be working there, and and Mark Wade really gets them. And it's it's an interesting. What it really shows is not just like a female led Star Wars thing, but mm-hmm. that it's in the Star Wars universe, and pretty much every major character is a woman, like mm-hmm. and including like. The core friendship relationship of it is Leia and Yvonne. And so it's just like female friendship, having two women that talk to each other is such a foreign concept in the Star Wars universe (laughs) that it does feel refreshing in that way. Yeah. I'm not trying to get on a soapbox here about it, but I'm saying like keep you off it. Can you think of a scene where a woman talked to another woman in Star Wars? Um no. No, never. 
Um, Unless you count with like no. Mon Mothma like talks to everybody then that included Leia in the Rebels mm-hmm. group in in Jedi. I can't really think of one. Mm, so, no, can't yeah. think of one. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting book, and the and the art's amazing. It's if uh, if it wasn't for John Cassidy, it would be the best art in the in the Star Wars spinoff books. Uh, and then I read. I don't believe you. Batman Forty. Wait, no. Let's get. Let's save that because we both read that. Yeah, okay, it's well, very rare that we both you, read the same thing. Let's hear what you read. Um, I read a ton of shit. I traveled to Puerto Rico to uh, Ooh, go to my buddy Shane Patterson's wedding. And anybody who looked at LazyTimePodcast.com this weekend, uh, pretty weekly, I've been putting up all these comic desktops I've been saving mm-hmm. for my iOS devices. Uh, this week was Ninja Turtles because it was a, uh, and it was I only did it to like Comicsology has a major Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles sale, and that comic was excellent. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, oh, the comments, I the first volume. I haven't read. There's a few yet. comments underneath like reiterated the same thing. Like nobody's really talking about this, but this is better. Obviously, better than the new movie. The series, new series, is pretty good. This is infinitely better than that. Wow, uh, it's it is it is really excellent. The first ten volumes were on sale at like seventy percent off. So I get to the wedding and realize I didn't have a wedding present for Shane, and he's, he's he lives the life of a freelancer. So I went upstairs uh, right after they were married, and uh, I sent him the first ten volumes of. It, it sounds like a lot, but it came out to like thirty five dollars because of the sale. Oh wow! Uh, it, it I sent him the first ten volumes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the IDW comic. Fucking excellent! It is really, really goddamn good. That's a great gift. It, yeah, and if you gift. if you haven't checked, uh, the sale sadly over. I meant to yes. plug it last week, but stupid Phil Kohler kept on talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was a great Phil. guest. I I hope to have him back. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that happened. I hope people like the superhero wallpapers. I don't know if I'll do it every week from here on out, but um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe those so, are fun. Send send a request. I got some. Um, hopefully in the because I've been making those things for years and um, for myself. Yeah, because you've just been taking the pictures. So. Yeah, like I didn't notice it. And I didn't even know I was doing it. And like Heidi's like, "How many of those have you done?" And I'm like, "Oh, I have two gigs of." comics <laughs> stuff that I that'll be my background this week that'll be my background this week uh, but I've been doing that forever I so on the, on the on the plane and of course massive time difference um, mm. and both flights were about a 15 out 15 to 20 hour journey oh uh, so I had a well, ton of a lot time. of layovers ton of comic time read a ton of Ninja Turtles uh, started re-downloading Invincible because I talked to my buddy Spicules and he is with me that like um uh, Invincible Walking Dead is getting all the gets all the Kirkman attention, mm-hmm. uh, but he's got a new book, uh, Outcast or something. It's, oh. He said it's pretty good, but he says Invincible is it, it, it's never not gotten more excellent as you've gone as, as you go forward, and that's absolutely correct. Uh, so I went and I started reading that over again. Unfortunately, the downloads quit, uh, and I but I ended up just rereading a bunch of stuff I've already read, oh. including issue 104, which is one of my favorite issues in comics. Period of the last couple of years. I am still. I am. I'm two years behind on that book now. I really need to catch up. G1AT was free for some reason. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen The Birth of a Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read that. Uh, I picked up also in this in a Comicsology sale, uh, they had a pretty great uh, selection of Daredevil comics. I think this week they switched, obviously, to Avengers. Yeah. Um, no, those Daredevil books, it was pretty much every great first volume of Daredevil for mm-hmm. fi- of every era of Daredevil for five bucks. Yeah. Which, like... 
I think the best deal of them was the Bendis one because mm-hmm. the Bendis one is normally thirty dollars and five bucks for like Jesus Christ over twelve issues of Bendis's, uh, which, and, which are and great. And I already own. But yeah, you I, already own them. Yeah. The one I didn't own was the the new one, um, the Devil by the Bay. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Mark Wade, Devil at Bay, Devil at Bay uh, series. So I, I read that. And for some reason, that got me intrigued to pick up Superior Iron Man. Oh yeah, seeing all those San Francisco landmarks. Yeah, the... but then like, but then just I forget what made me glance at it, that Daredevil plays a huge role in the first volume. Oh of, yeah, yeah, uh, he Superior does. Superior Iron Man completely gets fucked by being aided. <laughs> uh, but it's that I really like Superior Iron Man. I thought if that's is that going in place of like Invincible Iron Man. Yeah, it just replaced it. Uh, though he's only staying... I think they, that's another thing that's getting reset by Secret Wars. Well, I'm sure. I just think it's kind of a ballsy thing to do yeah. uh, around the time of the movie. Yeah, We all is. thought the Superior Spider-Man thing was kind of like an F you to Sony, and like it was a little <laughs> more understandable, but like I do think he's a real shitheel. A yeah, real nasty I th- dude. I think it's one of those things where when they know they're resetting with Secret Wars that they can just go, well, let's just try this for 10 issues he's, or whatever. He, well, because he's not, he's not like outright evil. He's not a villain, but it's just like, mm-hmm. it's, it's the things that make Iron Man special is because, hey, he's a billionaire and doesn't behave like this. Now he does. <laughs> now he's a total asshole. Now he's an evil billionaire. Yes, uh, behaves like an awful utilitarian. Uh, whatever I want to do, everybody else is going to have to suffer for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. I am better than you. I believe that the line says, you're playing God. He's like, no, all this time I was playing human. <laughs> it's a great wow, line. That is a great line. Wasn't it, does it play into the kind of San Francisco have and have not staying around that here was, too? I think that hit me a little hard if we haven't discussed that before. <laughs> Extreme, Extremis 3.0 is something distributed via an app mm-hmm. uh, that costs $100 a day. And most of the original residents of the city can't afford to pay it. Only the absolutely wealthy mm-hmm. can afford it. Oh, you can't afford to pay it? it sucks to be you. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it looks like the poor are committing crimes trying to get this. All right, police state. Everybody happy now? Man. Oh, yeah, boy, that that's funny I, that I they know. get such I, a specific thing to San Francisco. Cause yeah, because like, like, even, even I don't like complaining about that. that much. I love that I live in San Francisco. I am yeah. lucky that I have an apartment here because if I came... Five years later, let alone this year, like I would be priced out of living the city. It would be impossible. Well, it would be impossible. Like, you, it'd be close to impossible for you to le- live in the Bay Area under my at all. former decent corporate salary. Like it would still be impossible. We have mm-hmm. really tight rent controls. Uh, Thank lot- goodness. It's like, I yeah. mean, we're st- like, but we all still. Somebody had expressed that we live under the threat every day. Like, if you figure out a creative way to get me and Dave out of our apartments, like we're just we have to relocate. Yeah, we are fucked. That's uh, that. That is that. It is all over. Mm-hmm. There's no way we can afford to spend $3,000 a month in rent. No, definitely not. Yes. Uh, no way. Man, just to imagine, like, that 36000 a year of your money just goes to rent. Mm-hmm. Like, only rent. I think like, they said on average you, you need to make $72,000 and you will still to spend 70% of that money on your rent to live in San Francisco. Uh, just to be here. It's, yeah, it's awful. Awful, but I'm glad so I, that's in Superior Iron Man. It, it, I think that it, it reeks of that in Superior Iron Man. So I loved it. Like, just this total shit heel of uh, taking over. Just another of the tech bubble billionaires exactly. like, fucking up the yeah, city. Flash in the pan. Hey, I created this thing that makes makes it so a lot of people lose their jobs, and this little computer program does all the work for everybody from here on out to pay me money. 
This will never not be profitable. <laughs> um, that's that's the core. Who's the writer artist team? Uh, I um, I don't know. Okay, I, I can look it up. But, I'll look um, it up. I'll look it up. But you've read more. I did. I, I read uh, like I read a lot of Devil by the Bay. Man, that shit is so much fun. Mm-hmm. So Devil's completely out. Yeah, and it's interesting <laughs> it's to see uh, totally out the closet. Leland Owlsley, like uh, coming off of the series, playing mm-hmm. a major role as a major villain in it. Um, I really dug on that. I swear I wrote red. Well, more. Leland, that is his name, but I think his son in the in the Oh, it is his show. son. Yeah, well, it's Leland Jr. Yeah, I think it if the is. owl no, ever totally comes is. back, it'll or if, if there is the owl in the Daredevil series, then it'll be Leland it, that's, Jr. But I didn't get a lot of his lines, but that dude is the unsung yeah. great takeaway from that show. He has great lines in Shawshank Redemption, probably his most famous role as the warden. Mm-hmm. Eating a bullet at the end of the film over a nice plate of pie. Um, but that uh, he's spoiler for Shawshank Redemption. I could spoil Shawshank Redemption. I'm comfortable with that. It just celebrated its 20th anniversary. Feel old with me, everybody. Um, what else did I read? So the writer is Tom Taylor. I never heard of that guy. He's, really? It's apparently, this is his first ever Marvel work. So yeah, I really don't know. Don't know the man. Don't care for him. He just uh, wrapped up. I, I wrapped up. Um, I, well, I want to say I wrapped up the second arc of Southern Bastards. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, the collection just came out this week. I'm going to be getting that. It's uh, the Ulysses saga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking great. Excellent as always. Mm-hmm. Love you, Jason Aaron. You are the greatest. Now, the Southern Bastards, I think, is still like... That was my favorite book from last year. Mm-hmm. Favorite book I read last year. It's, uh, you know, it's one I suggest to everybody, though I realize I never... Su- I don't suggest saga to people as much just because... I feel like it's it, It's the most obvious thing. thing. It just sounds like... If I were to tell somebody, well, and you should read Saga, in my head, I think they're going to say, yeah, duh, I've yeah, heard duh. of that before. I, I but, bought the fourth volume, and I haven't read it yet. I finished Fade Out. Uh, mm. I finished Fade Out, which was good. just outrageously excellent. Uh-huh. I mean, I'd like, just because I'm like, whatever, when I'm reading a biographies now, or I'm watching documentaries, most mm. of them involve the 40s or old Hollywood, <laughs> and like, that's all this is about. Now, I've suggested that one to our buddy uh, Bob Mackey because wow, I, I told him that he Bob Mackey loves noir mm-hmm. and he loves old movies and I was like well mm-hmm. then this is like this is the book for you you mm-hmm. love noir you should just check out all this stuff uh, but he was I another one an opportunity him and our friend wow, Charlie Bob Mackey <laughs> him and our friend Charlie like I was it took me a little bit of poking to go like oh yeah and Saga and they're like oh what Saga I was like oh sorry I thought it was it's like the Game of Thrones. Like if somebody came kind up of. to you of comics, if somebody came up to you and said, "I just heard this great show, Game of Thrones. You gotta watch it." Like hey, say, comic day this weekend. This weekend. Yep. So yeah. what I want to institute, um, I'm gonna create a forum thread. Maybe that'll be like the in, in lieu of question of the week. Mm-hmm. Like a, what did you get for free comic book day? Or I want to take. I want to see your local comic store. Yeah, I want to see that too. And I will tell people again, like. Free comics are free for you. They mm-hmm. are not free for the retailer. They are paying money to get oh, those really? comics. They're, they're promotional items they pay to get. And so if you go in there and get free comics and don't buy anything, mm-hmm. they kind of lost money on that. And if you're cool with that, then you're cool. But like, it's if they bother to get those free comics, maybe buy something there as a thank you at the very least. I, like, was, I was looking at it, uh, and I think... This, it looked like a great plan. My favorite uh, uh, comic store in San Francisco is uh, Mission Comics mm. uh, on 20th Street, right next to my favorite coffee shop, Rogers. It's fucking so convenient. Get a great uh, Ethiopian Yurga Chay coffee. Mm. 
Uh, and then go get um, usually a $10 image book. It's, it's like, yeah. I, I want you to still exist. I like what this is. I like that it, it's a space for not only... Not only is it a space for people to come in and, like, uh, people to come and do Q&As about their comics. It's really well built for that. It's because there's the seating section of this library where you can take shit home. You can take home giant trades. Mostly, you want to know who Alan Moore is? There's an entire section where, like, just take Swamp Thing. Just take Watchmen. Just take League of the Instrument. Just get into it. Get into it. Take it. Bring it back. The first taste is free. Kind of thing. But it's yeah. like, but they're like huge volumes. They're not like single issues. It's like get yeah. into comics. And then in the back of the store, uh, some T-shirts and usually uh, an artist pick. So they had a, they have a Kickstarter or a Patreon, actually, to support the artist picks mm. and to keep those artists paid. And one of and for fifteen dollars, because I like I'm not in a position right now to where I want to start. Cons- I've consolidated everything I pay for. I know what I'm paying for. I really don't want to add another monthly fee, mm. especially one that's $15. But it's $15 to support this space, and it obligates you to one $10 book a month, which I'm already doing. Wow. I'm already doing that's that. That's a really good deal. Uh, so I'm considering kick, you know, supporting. I, I just love that it's, it's there. It's a yeah. great, To me, it's a great spot. If you're that's in San Francisco, great. try and give it a visit. That is great. Now, um, yeah, my plans for Free Comic Book Day, there's Berkeley. In Berkeley, there's Fantastic Comics, which I think you've seen once or twice. Yeah. And it's it's a good space, but, the, like, I remember last year, I think I told the story on this podcast of going to the gym and then after the gym going, you know, I think I'll go uh, grab my free comic books. It's 11 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, I can just walk in. Line still down around the corner and down the block. Like I, that. I just, I, it wasn't. I've never seen that before at any of the free comic book days. And like for some reason last year, my girlfriend was completely. I think we were doing something separate that she wanted to do, mm-hmm. but we kept coming across comic stores. So I went to four or five comic stores. Wow! Uh, during free comic book day last year. I mean, I want the free comic. I want to read the Avengers book. I want to the the all new all different Avengers mm-hmm. book. Like I really want to read that, and also like. The Batman or whatever Divergence, the the mm-hmm. book that's got the new Batman in it, the new status quo for Superman, and a lot of other big things. Like it is, it'll help me get the new gist of what DC is yeah. after the Convergence storyline. But if there's gonna be that same line in Berkeley, like I just I don't know, man. It's but it's a lovely day. You went out to Free Record Store Day. You braved the well, lines. Yeah, but the, man, that was a madhouse. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what's going on at Fantastic Comics. If that one is busy, then I might check out. So, Fantastic Comics used to be my favorite, but it's it's beautiful. It's it is beautiful. But it's good, but my favorite now is one called uh, I believe it is called Doctor Comics and Mister Games in Oakland, <laughs> and it's a much bigger space and has a better um, hardcover collection there. Or like, might go to that. I might be in Oakland on Saturday. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe we should meet up at Doctor. It's right by the Kaiser <laughs> Building. People don't need these dis- details. They don't because the other thing that we I, I feel like I read more and I'm just not I'm not hitting it right now. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I read a ton of Ninja Turtles. I really did. I read like the first. I reread the first three volumes and continued wow. reading. Um, but we both read the end of Endgame, and like, yeah, Batman Forty. By well, we probably shouldn't get too spoilery, but you guys might have read the news I, already. I but. feel like I didn't read the news at all, and maybe mm. that is. Maybe you're right, everybody. Maybe I am anti DC because I didn't know. I just didn't know where this was going, and it seems like this uh-huh. would have been national news everywhere. Well, you hadn't heard that there was going to be a new Batman that wasn't Bruce Wayne, and it's like this weird mecha robot suit. You hadn't seen what? That? 
That's what's going to be introduced in the free comic book day book. No, no, I yep. did not. Um, no, no, I did not. But um, but it is going to been out of the, out of the country. But so yeah, it out is of the continental the, United States. When they said Endgame, I thought it was going to. So when they did Death in the Family or Death, Death of, of the, the family, family, where nobody died, nothing happened, and so. When they announced Endgame, I thought this will be the same thing, won't it? No, no, no. and it's 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 one. Of the- it has to be the most, especially in continuity, mm-hmm. the most gruesome fight between Batman and the Joker that has ever happened. I have never seen them do that terrible amount of shit to one another. Yeah, and like all this, like yeah, deep down, Joker really loves old bats, but like mm-hmm. he is merciless and awful to him. Things sticking out of his yeah. eye and his face well, is all bubbling. They cross all these lines that are like, well, if, if you cross this line, that's the end. There's no coming back from it is, it is, this. It's one of the things I appreciate this. about DC is that DC is really have shown a way more willingness to go yeah. a darker and nastier route than Marvel <laughs> ever has. Definitely. Uh, yeah, in this Batman story, also Greg Capallo is grown into a really awesome artist mm-hmm. for Batman. When I read his first books when the New 52 began, mm-hmm. I thought Greg Capallo was alright, but it seemed like too cartoony for Batman. But now, it's just it, it, he is an excellent fit, and his drawing of the Joker like works so well. I, I and, like it. Yeah, like it. It reminds me of a image of the Joker I saw the other day. Anyway, we'll um, get into that in the later news <laughs> uh, section. And thank you, and thank you to Landon for reminding me to read that. He also hooked me up with the ah. first issue to to guarantee I was reading that. Because I, I, again, I didn't mean to fall off of Batman. I just ran out of the kind of funding that can allow for uh, that kind of spending on comics that I was doing. When we started this show. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably just going to start stealing stuff. Yeah, well, man, there are so many free comic book day spoilers. Mm-hmm. Like, there's ones I don't want to talk about mm-hmm. that people have asked about because, like. The free comic book days got shipped to their uh, play the mm-hmm. stores early, and so people already spoiled them. Uh, we were talking uh, about like, that with who, who, what happened with this. Wah. I need to get back on whether or not we do that or not. What happened mm-hmm. with this guy? What happened with this guy? What happened like why? What's going on with Superman? And the Superman one, I'm just going to talk about that next week when it's all out in the open. But I'm I'll just say for the new Superman status quo that'll be announced in free comic book day, uh-huh. and it sort of gets teased in this week's issue. Mm-hmm. I think it is an exciting new place to take Superman, and I'm always ready for new things with Superman. I will try to be open-minded with it, but I will also say what it does to how it paints one of the core characters of the Superman universe is not how I like seeing her done. You don't like Jimmy Olsen as Jewish? (laughs) Uh, But okay. Well, let's... Let's take a break, but let's go out with the thing people keep talking about is... Wait, are... Well, You're not ready? I wanted to get... Okay, what were you going to say? Well, I wanted to just make sure we went out with the Jeremy Renner Hawkeye song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Fallon's Tonight Show. Uh, well, okay. Which I'll, I'll be calling it from now on Fallon's Tonight Show. Not my Tonight Show hashtag. <laughs> well, I wanted to front load... I wanted to get the one big news out of the way before we talked about all the smaller news from the weekend. All right. Which is what? Jared Leto's oh, yeah, yeah. Joker yes. I want to say this from Suicide again, Squad. Again, I see a couple people... Craig, you're one of them. Uh, whenever, what's all this negative? Why is there no negativity towards Marvel films and everybody all up DC? Why are people so negative about DC stuff? And like, because they constantly are sending out signals that are cause for concern. <laughs> There's a lot of just like it's not. Re- it's yellow. It's yellow cards just up and up. Yeah, and up it's like, like, like I, I said, I had an inter- I did an interview this week that I'm going to link to um, uh, on the Laser Time Twitter 
But uh, last week, who's your favorite character? And like, think I, I had the time. It was answering via email, and I had time to think about it. I'm like, it's just the Joker. Joker's my favorite. <laughs> like, it, he pound for pound, he comes on. I'm riveted by whatever he's doing and mm-hmm. anything he does. He's the best character ever. He exists only to entertain me or uh, make me wince. Mm-hmm. So, all right, I do, yes. A little timeline of it. Director of Suicide Squad, David mm-hmm. Ayer. Uh, tweeted out for the Joker's 75th anniversary mm-hmm. our first look at Jared Leto fully in character as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Now, I like the green hair, mm-hmm. I like his pale skin, the look on his face, his weird teeth, and gonna, his uh, purple glove. Like, it's an interesting look, especially for a Joker that's, I think, starts the film as an inmate. Mm-hmm. But, but. The big sticking point are the tattoos. Which that's I, and that's it. Not like, a fan. I of. I loved everything else about the Joker. Like like mm-hmm. if you look at the cover of the first Endgame, like the hair is very similar. I do like the short, bright green yeah. hair. I do like that. Well, I, yeah, I do like the, I like the skin. I like I like the metallic teeth. Whatever the fuck that was. Mm-hmm. The tattoos were fucking. I keep stealing this joke from Dana Gould, uh, and I did it today on the stream. But he, when we were in, in the 80s, they made very shitty Halloween costumes available. Uh, and one year, I went as He-Man. The costume was bought at the store. It came with a plastic mask that looked like He-Man and a rubber smock that went down to my knees and said He-Man and Masters of the Universe and had a picture of He-Man in front of Castle Grayskull. And the Dana Gould joke is you're not so much dressing as He-Man for Halloween. You're going as a fan of He-Man for Halloween. <laughs> and that's what Jared Leto's... That's what the tattoo struck me as. You are not so much the Joker as you look like a giant fan of the Joker. You have yeah. his symbol tattooed on the side. The text from the comics, tat- yeah. demented tattooed on your forehead. Damage. 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 It's and also like the the tear drop the guys get for that like that you see on gang members. Like yeah. he has the J in that. Spot. I mean, can you like the the, the, the cool, so coolest things much. that have happened with the Joker are like the Scott Snyder series when he's brought up in. Uh, when he comes back in Death for the uh, Death of the Family, the coolest thing is he just comes back in a Mike's Garage shirt. Yeah, yeah who gives it. a shit? Yeah, that's Joker's also not a fucking hipster who gets methodical. Oh God, I hope this ink doesn't hurt too much. Yeah, it's inked every day. It's also that the Joker to me, like tattoos are so pedestrian. Look, They're beneath I, the Joker. I feel, I feel for them that they. They wanted to do something that you hadn't seen on film before, mm-hmm. and they they borrowed from a lot of recent Joker stuff, like that, like definitely Snyder's Joker. You, you can see him in there, but I also see a lot of like Bram Morrison's Joker from the Batman R.I.P. book, and also Dark Knight Returns Joker. Mm-hmm. Like I see a bit of him yeah, in there. Yeah, I, I like that characterization because the, the, the teeth and the him being shirtless mm-hmm. uh, is something I don't know has been conveyed a lot by anything other than Snyder's Joker is that Joker doesn't give a fuck about his appearance. Yeah. He's willing to cut off his face if that's going to fuck with you a little bit. Tattooing himself doesn't fall into that category unless this is 1954. When he shows, he's definitely showing a different intensity than mm-hmm. Heath Ledger. Like Heath mm-hmm. Ledger's character was like lackadaisical might be the right way for he how he played the Joker. Just like he definitely has super dense plans, mm-hmm. but he isn't going to talk about them through in in real intense ways. It's just like, well, so maybe she's over there, maybe she's over oh, there. Oh, wow. You know, uh, Would you like to know I'm, which one of them are cowboys? I'm going to tell you, <laughs> you'll see right here. <laughs> 
We'll do this forever, you. Yeah, see, that's it's a different style, and, and it doesn't have to be. Le- like well, also Joker. the way we well, all we've seen of Leto is a still image. We have seen well, him not in motion at all. Well, you put together an article that I thought was great for yes. LaserTimePodcast.com. That was the um, Twitter's best jokes. Twitter's best jokes, and uh, what Mike something Mike Mike Trucker. <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, kudos to the committee that designed the yes. new Joker, and that was that yes. was like such a brilliant joke. Uh, and and then like immediately after that came out like, well no one said that's going to be the Joker on screen like yeah the committee the committee tested the waters mm-hmm. and they're now going to probably react even worse to yeah. what they, they think we didn't like about that because it wasn't like they're, I swear they're filming it's Suicide just Squad now if they're mm-hmm. going to undo stuff like they got to do it I now. think the big rumor is is that he's actually in no tattoos oh that he's in Justice. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, like me neither but. I think I think they're sticking the tattoo. Well, the people said, "Oh, he never has tattoos." Like, fuck, are you talking about? Of course, he has the tattoo. Like, why would they share an image of him covered in tattoos <laughs> on the official Twitter? Well, like, they, I think that's just wishful they have, thinking they have from people because they have uh, uh, on-set photographs have leaked of, of Leto. I think those are fake. You think so? I think a couple. The the AV Club had a really good takedown of like here, like they they say. This person never tweets. This person has a private log. This pi- this one picture of him on set really looks like a picture of him from another movie mm-hmm. that just got recolored, and his hair Possible. length is different. Like, but everyone I saw is him not without any white makeup at all, just in yeah. hair. Yeah. So maybe there's a transition. Scene. I, I don't know. But please don't give yeah. the Joker a transition. Scene. Jack but, Nicholson. That's enough. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if he's in Dawn of Justice. I was like. It'd be a great it, it end is, thing. It is just the smorgasbord of like they didn't they didn't build any track in Man of Steel for an extended DC universe. Yeah. So now Dawn of Justice has to be like they have to build the Continental Railroad in one film. Like here's every piece. Like and that I'm not saying that can't be done. It is it definitely hasn't it, been done. It is a big thing to do in yeah. one movie that also has to tell a story and has actors acting. And, and I just like, just for the sake of argument, like I because I didn't I didn't I don't hate Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. I just don't love it. And like, well, how did this actually do? And I looked at like it didn't make up its budget domestically. <laughs> wow. I mean, it made it made I like mean, an I, extra four hundred yeah, abroad, yeah. but like there's marketing costs to consider and all that. Yeah. Uh, but but it's not. It is nowhere near the kind of success that Marvel had. Like, yeah, maybe we should keep going with this. Maybe <laughs> no, we should expand the, this. The ambition, the ambition of Dawn of Justice is you got to give it to DC a little bit because Marvel's ambition for Phase One was we hope Iron Man does well and then we hope Cap and Thor do well. Yeah. And if they do, then we can make the film where them and the Hulk can all hang out together. And I mean, we'll have done it. Streaming and Captain America like brought that all back. Like Captain America is a weird, almost unwatchable movie. The MCU. <laughs> they had such modest ideas. Yeah, it's like, so low key in, by comparison of everything that's come afterwards. Well, because the only thing they expected they'd get to make mm-hmm. is Avengers at that point. That was like, still that was still Paramount. Universal was still making home yeah. movies. And but then after Avengers, then it was no, it's everything. We'll mm-hmm. make everything now, and we're going to build towards that. Mm-hmm. And and to do that with your really the first film of the DC Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. that's a lot. It's pretty nuts. It's and a if lot. If you didn't read that big news, are we going to talk about that next? The Hollywood Reporter stuff. Mm-hmm. No, it's let's talk. Well, let's take a break. We'll talk about that. But 
you definitely look up that article on the site, guys. Those are there are some really funny jokes about the new Joker. Uh, and when we come back, we're gonna have the rest of the news and a superhero spotlight and uh, the, your answers to last week's question of the week. Avengers who sometimes gets overlooked. Uh, he's still great, but it's hard to compete with those other guys. So here now to shed light on his own strengths and abilities, to the tune of Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud, is Hawkeye. When you're on a team with the Hulk and Thor, and we're all up there on the movie screen. Well, people believe that I'm not quite as tough. Will anyone even notice me? Listen, I've got powers too, and they're pretty sweet. Promise I can do so much more than just archery. I'm serious, guys. I've got a collection of scarves and berets. I play trombone in a band. I once got to second base on my Tinder cat has got its own Instagram I tell you now I kick ass at Mario Kart This year I played an extra in Poplart And I can open a pickle jar The freaking Hawkeye Maybe I'm as super as they are So maybe I still haven't lost my virginity But when I bowl, uh, we score at least 70 after six beers, yes, I know about Captain America's strength, and the hope becomes a towering man. But I got seventh place in my fantasy league, and I once but dialed shot Claude Van Dam. I tell you now. Chipotle, I get free guac. I flirt with the cashier, she says that I rock. I own water resistant socks. Freaking hawk, I maybe I'm as super as they are. Maybe I'm as super as. 
thanks again for listening to Cape Crisis episode 135, and I wanted to thank everyone who has purchased the Avengers and Iron Man commentary tracks on lasertime.bandcamp.com. It has been a lot of people who came in there and bought the new commentary tracks. They really help me out in this time away from... Uh, work and, and all that and I really appreciate that. I also appreciate everybody who's been reading the new number of posts I've been doing on uh, lasertimepodcast.com. Check those out. You can definitely see my thoughts on the new Joker up there and also all the best tweets about him too. I've been doing a lot more there so keep checking that out. Uh, also, you know if you uh, wanted to help out the site in other ways, you could always buy the t-shirt from the t-shirt store on the right hand side of the screen or buy anything from those Amazon links. Those really help us out and they cost nothing extra to you. Just buy something on Amazon through those links and a little bit of money comes our way. Also be sure to go on iTunes and um, review and rate this. If you have yet to do so, that always helps with the ranking. And lastly, it's time for the Hanks corner pick of the week. And I'm going to have several picks here just because I am a huge fan of the Joker. You know, a lot of people think that I was just hating on the Joker. I'm just this Marvel fanboy. doesn't like any DC stuff. But I have three distinct Joker books that I'm just, the, I just love. They are, they are great, great books. And so first off, going to suggest you pick up, if you've never read it before, Batman the Man Who Laughs, which I think is the definitive Joker origin story written by Ed Brubaker with art by Doug Mank. Such a good book. I love it. And uh, the collection also comes with this interesting non-Joker two-issue story that Brubaker wrote as well. It's a very good, very good collection. Also on the Brubaker front, but co-written by Ed, uh, sorry, co-written by Greg Rucka with art by Michael Lark is Gotham Central, the uh, Soft Targets collection. Gotham Central Soft Targets. It's a great Joker story where it's the police versus the Joker. Not Batman versus the Joker, but how the police deal with that guy. And lastly, I have Batman Mad Love, the Harley Quinn origin story drawn in the style of the TV show, written and drawn by Paul Dini and Bruce Timm, the creators or the the executive producers of the Batman animated series. It looks a little more hardcore than the Batman animated series. If you saw the episode based on Mad Love, this is the original version of it. Pick up all of those through the Amazon link on this week's episode, and you'll have read some of the best Joker stories ever written. You will have a good time, I promise. Okay, that's all for this. Now back to the rest of the show. Welcome back to episode 135 of Cape Crisis. So, now we got the big news out of the way. Let's get into some other bits of the news. Uh, the thing that was popping around, and it's really weird. It, I, I did spend a lot of time with Shane and his girlfriend, who all work in the in L.A. in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, coming off all that jibba-jabba, which, I'll be honest, was not always fascinating. Um, <laughs> a lot um, of industry talk. Yeah, a lot of softcore porn talk, too. Interesting. Mm. Uh, lots of cartoon talk. Shane though. may be good. listening. So. Uh, yeah, I know he's listening. Okay. He said he likes this show quite a bit. Wow, it, thanks, it Shane. resurrected his comic, his love of comics, and reading more than oh, ever. That's right, yeah. Um, now, but uh, but one of the things, like, right after that, like, one of the first stories I saw was 
this huge piece in the Hollywood Reporter, which I haven't read itself because I think it's it's uh, paywalled. Mm. But um, I have not heard it's. Talking about the DC movies and how, like, there was that dust up with the Wonder Woman director. Yes. So, what is essentially happening? Um, and it, 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 putting it this way is also upsetting a lot of geeks. I can sort of understand that. And it is really weird uh, that there are. What, what are the next couple movies? Wonder Woman, what, Aquaman. Wonder Woman, Cyborg, Aquaman. Um, something like, like Wonder Woman has five screenwriters on it. And. Ooh. Um, Aquaman has three, and sort of the idea is too is that, many cooks. Too well, many th- cooks. that it's not even too many cooks. It's that DC has what it looks like, because the outrage is from like talent representatives, um, because it looks like DC has no idea what it wants to do, and <laughs> but it has all these commitments. It, it, it's, from... it's, it has the money. Warner has the money to hire all these people. I'm like, wow us, <laughs> like. That's and that's what it looks like, and of course, a bunch of the guys are like Warner contract people. Like, I'm the writer for the 300 sequel. You don't matter. You, <laughs> you don't matter. You excite no one. Mm. Uh, sorry, I, that's, I hope he's not, he's I, a listener. I hate to say a comment that people expect me to say, but like Marvel Cinematic Universe, they have the they have the brain trust of mm. writers who it, it, that hurts Marvel sometimes that they totally. everything feels so samey samey mm-hmm. and it's hard for a director like say Edward Wright to put their own stamp on it but it's also they call it the brain trust yeah the I know bra- but Joss opposite- Whedon's a member Brian Michael Bendis is a but oppositely that, that brain trust keeps things on track mm-hmm. and keeps it keeps an, uh, a universe coherent but I also think it it, it- it, it keeps like the, I always go back to Winter Soldier where like it's, it was a bold decision just to like this is going to be a political thriller mm-hmm. I think that comes from like a group of people who are very have a very clear vision like we, this one has to be completely different so by the Hollywood Reporter story it sounds like there's a lack of vision at DC there's kind of a lack of vision and it's just like there are a bunch of people working their asses off in these screenplays that ultimately they might not be credited for Ooh. or that might that, that might well, be I mean, a waste of their that's... time that, that happens all the time. Accreditation on screenplays is its whole own it, thing. It's crazy. Like, that happens it's all crazy, the time. It's crazy, but, but like before James Gunn got to Guardians of the Galaxy, there was somebody who had established a vision for that film. Yeah. And it said that uh, that Gunn brought the soul, the heart to the thing, but like, you know, the story was there. He had a, the Walkman. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those are very important things, but like that's not how DC is operating. It kind of doesn't have a very clear outline of what it does want. And it, it, specifically, I thought they said... They're charging like up to five people for projects with like, here's what we want. Give us Act One, hmm. and that's like that's kind of crazy. But it, yes. it, it is also, but in their defense, yeah. What I, I can't think of another property that would merit like, yeah. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like, well, let's get mean, nuts. Yeah, I though. Let's get nuts. It just feels like they want to make. They're trying to make up for lost time, and it's like it's. It's just weird. Like they've they got are, a lot I do, to make, I do, lost time to make up for. People think we're anti DC. I do think they can probably do it. I just mm. think you might need another. Like they don't have a Kevin Feige. I think is the, the thesis yeah. of the article. A, that, a yeah. person looking out for the longevity of this, the best interest. Not, I, which I, I have a feeling Warner is just sort of operating like, well, we have to do this. <laughs> I do love that picture on the <laughs> on it of Batman in a boardroom presenting like this is what Batman is. And Aquaman looks like bored. Oh man, yeah. I don't miss meetings. Whew. Well, me and you need to have a meeting. Pretty we soon. do. I've Sit down. A, have 
and talk about blue sky and stuff, a new oh, paradigm. Boy, our listeners are not going to like me. Uh, like, uh, not going to like that whole anti DC thing we just it's not, said. It's not anti DC. It's like it's anti suit, if anything. These are like, you think these you have think, been my worries. You think there about, are not amazing stories no. to tell with these amazing characters? That's crazy. But that's been that has been my like core worry about the DC. But there are universe. people who don't really know these characters. Yeah. And it, well, I think that's the difference. So okay. Let's look at the good DC things that have happened, like the TV shows and the animated series. And I think I saw a picture of Gorilla Grodd on Flash and almost lost my fucking mind. I think that's because there are fewer suits there, like they're lower priority, and the movie assholes aren't there to ruin it. Like I did, I did see a bunch of interesting write-ups where, like, smartly DC has. In, in certain ways, DC has considered its its television division completely separate entity to its movie division, mm-hmm. which is neat. And then I think Joss Whedon has been sort of expressing he's that, unhappy. It's the opposite. He's unhappy Marvel. in that, that that like there is a kind of a divide in the Marvel mm-hmm. television division. And this, the, the article came about because it was like Whedon. I, I fought for Daredevil to be a movie. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be a TV show. I didn't think he could carry that tone, but. What the fuck do I know? Things yeah. are, television's completely different now. It works. It, it works. Work. But, yeah, well, Wheaton, in general, most of his articles just seem like, I'm so tired and I wish I was better and Can't I'm Can't wait to not talk about and, this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, speaking of DC suit stuff, there was mm. also this kind of uh, unfortunate news about... Uh, so, Gary Conway mm-hmm. is one of the... It's a comic book legend. He is... Written a million characters, created created tons of characters. Interrupts Family and Guy on occasion. That's Conway Twitty. I'm sorry. Gary Conway has created all these characters, and he just posted this huge blog that is like uh, blows the lid off something that DC has been doing that's not cool. So mm. DC, like thirty something years ago, created this program that was like better than what. Uh, Marvel was doing, uh, which was if you created a character mm-hmm. and they use that character in a film, film or TV show, mm-hmm. you'll get money and you'll get you'll get some residual checks or whatever. And and Gary Conway mentions that like he said he made a modest a modest sum of money off of Killer Croc being in the Batman animated series so much. Every mm-hmm. time he appeared, he got some cash yeah. and and it was really good. And he said it was really good as long as Paul Levitz was this guy who was in charge of DC. And he was in charge of DC for like 20-ish years. Mm-hmm. He says when it, DC Comics became DC Entertainment and the suits came in, what are we that doing? money stopped showing up. We can and use this to hire more suits. So he he talked about this really like Kafka-esque like, catch-22 situation with his characters. He said, first off, if he wants to even file for characters... It's not, even though they're using the characters, he can't, they won't send him a check. He has mm-hmm. to identify which characters are his first. Oh and God. then if they are used, then they will send him a check. So first he has to... Sounds like the expense report program yes, at the whole company. He's he's written comics for decades. He's, <laughs> there are thousands of characters. Like, he'd have to go through every single comic book he's ever written, mm-hmm. if he even has access to those, and then name every single character in DC that he's ever done... To name them. And so then, also, Gary Conway technically created Power Girl. He asked for money for Power Girl. Their feeling was, she's a derivative character. You can't have Power Girl without Supergirl, without Superman. So, that's a Superman character. You didn't create her. She just came out of thin air. 
Guys, relax. All right, but oh then it God. gets even worse. Okay, last part is, so there's the character on The Flash, who is a really cool character I like in the, on the show, hmm. Caitlin Snow, the former fiance of Firestorm. Mm-hmm. In the comics, she even became Killer Frost, uh, his arch enemy. So technically, Killer Frost is on the show. Now, Gary Conway created Killer Frost, but not a character named Caitlin Snow, who was Killer Frost. Oh, no. And so he says... Well, this is Killer Frost. I'm like, no, 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 this is Caitlin Snow. It's a different character. It's not your character. And he says, okay, then Sterling Gates and Artist X, I forget the artist's name, Gary Conway says, well, then you sh- you're going to give them the money because they created Caitlin Snow. And they said, no, because she's a derivative character. They didn't create Killer Frost, so they created a derivative character. And she so, yeah, and he's just like getting the runaround to get like one penny from this giant corporation I, it, for characters that would not exist without him. And I Just have some, simply I, some idea of the money he's he's probably entitled to. And I can easily say, hey, executives, bring a sack lunch once a week. You'll have enough to compensate the creator. Tens of thousands of dollars, <laughs> if can. that. Yes. For, for a program they instituted. Yes. And it, yeah, it totally just sounds like the corporate BS. But of it's just, like Marvel doesn't even have anything like that. You create As far as I know, fucked. no. Though I, I, they, they might, I can't confirm or deny. I do remember, like, when they've had characters that are create like, the, the biggest situation I remember was Bill Mantlo mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Bill Mantlo, who is very unfortunately, like, he's. He's lost a lot of brain operations. Mm-hmm. He was in, in a very bad hidden run. They never mm-hmm. caught the driver. And he's had all these health problems for like a, yeah. a very long time. Can't take care of himself. And so it turned, they had all these news stories where like the creative racket, Rocket Raccoon can't pay his hospital bills. Yeah. And so Marvel just gave him money. Like they didn't have to give him money. And you could even say it's a PR stunt. Sure. But they did give him the money. Like they've been known to do that yeah, too. Yeah, I, I don't think we've had a situation because I was talking about it somewhere that like uh every marvel movie based on the characters created by stan lee and the guy who probably did most of the creating yeah, uh, but, but they put their names but their on names there. are in the credits their names are right and there. not in a bob kane cursory kind of way same in uh, daredevil in the daredevil trailer or mm-hmm. in the daredevil theme intro mm-hmm. like it's created by stan lee and bill everett yeah like it's it's right there yeah so. but but that we but we haven't actually and i thought like yeah i guess we haven't actually seen a marvel film with characters not created by stan lee not that i mean guardians by- was the first guardians was really the first like he, stan he, wasn't for that and but. he and i don't know i don't know if there's a created by credit um, um credit. i think bill i bet i think those are the credits ones mm. like over the over the black like mm. after every after 20 minutes have gone by. Well, like things you're waiting end, before like, you see Howard the Duck. Yeah. And uh, see, that's how I remember. Because at the end of the film, it named all the people, all the people who created those characters. Mm-hmm. Then they show Howard the Duck. And then they have to show the created by for Howard the Duck after that. And it says, yes. Howard the Duck created by Stephen Gerber. <clears throat> so anyway, that Gary Conway thing, if true, like, that's some beast BS. I, I don't like that. Yeah, it seems pretty ridiculous. I mean, but that's it's, just it corporate like, bullshit, the, man. The money just... that he's probably looking for is really chump change in the To, to DC, to Warner Brothers, yeah. yes. Like, give, give well, them. Well, you think about what they're the fifth of what the Doritos uh, account is going to bring in <laughs> with that Hollywood Reporter thing <laughs> you were just talking about. Like yeah. all those people, they're paying for for like yeah, yeah. redundant work, yeah. probably. Like, yeah. all right. Also in DC, just to keep this DC, and to finally talk about comic books and not movies. Mm-hmm. It finally happened. The mm. thing I never wanted to happen. Oh, God. Dark Knight Returns 3. Oh, yes. Yeah. The Master Race. Now. What a title. 
So apparently, the, I read a rumor that the title was originally supposed to be Batman and Superman versus the Master Race. Mm-hmm. To make it more clear, that the Master Race is the bad guy in this book. In this book written by Frank Miller, who has definitely things to think about races on this planet. I don't hate races, just cultures. Um, but in, but apparently Warner was like, you can't have a Batman versus Superman book on the shelves. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. But all right, so the book. So, The Dark Knight Strikes Again is not a good book. It's It was a bad sequel, and you should pretend it doesn't exist. It's garish. I, I want to say, right, I never said that before talking about the last issue of Endgame for Batman. It was gorgeous. Yeah. It gorgeous. was gorgeous. And, like, a lot, there's a couple, there's one sequence in particular, like, you might think of laser time colors. <laughs> I haven't seen colors like that used in a comic. But The Dark Knight Returns is what, it, like it's, it's one of the most important comics around. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. sorry, yes. But Strikes Back like I remember it like visually like this is insane. Strike Strikes Again. Strikes, yeah. It, yeah. it is crazy. It's a crazy book by a crazy person. <laughs> and so now Was Frank, he still drawing those books? He Yes. Yeah. So he drew that. Well, that was the problem too. I think with Strikes Again that he drew it, but it wasn't inked by Klaus, Klaus Jansen. Klaus Jansen was his is one of the best inkers in comic book history. He inked The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. but he did not come back to ink Strikes Again. And if DC is smart, they will get him to ink Miller. Yeah. But but also I think Miller. The uh, he's doing it with he's co-writing it with Brian Azzarello, which mm-hmm. to me, number one, Brian Azzarello is an amazing art writer, mm-hmm. and he is like definitely in Miller's style. Though they have their own idiosyncrasies, that seems like a good collaboration to me. But it also feels like them saying, "You can't, you, can't, write. you don't get to do what you, <laughs> you want, Miller. You like, cannot write your own book, Miller. You can have you can have some ideas, but Brian Azzarello will make sure yeah. that this won't be nuts. You get final same." And that it will be fucking finished. Mm. Because All-Star Batman never finished. Like, it was garbage. Like, it was a garbage dump. We'd call it like, garbage, but it is fucking insane. Yes. And so, and like, Miller's only gotten kookier since then. <laughs> like, and he's actually just been kind of silent for two years for his best. I feel like DC will just have to sew his mouth shut or be like, Brian, Brian Azzarello, he'll be doing all the interviews. It's mm-hmm. Frank's just so busy. He's got to finish drawing it. He's, he's just so busy. <laughs> uh, uh, and speaking of writers, CM Punk what? has announced his new ongoing writing gig of Drax. He's doing a really? Drax book. So the character originated on screen by pro wrestler Dave Batista wow. will now be co-written by pro wrestler CM Punk. That is exciting. Now it's co-written. I, they didn't say who his co-writer is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that CM Punk is doing it. And, and the other strange thing about it is that it is an ongoing book, which now makes it that I believe there is a Drax, Gamora, Rocket yeah. Raccoon, and Star-Lord ongoings Sorry, on top. Groot. On top, actually, I think Group might have it. Might have one, too. They get a one-off. On top of a Guardians book. So that the Guardians of the Galaxy, which were nobodies <laughs> even like six years ago. Twelve issues in ten years. That now they have their own. Now every member has mm. their own ongoing side book. Like, that is such a change. That's, that is such a change. That's crazy. I'm looking forward to what CM Punk does. I think he is a great storyteller in the ring. And, mm-hmm. like, he did... He wrote some of his own storylines. Like, he was a writer. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in the CM Punk documentary... I just want to see him happy again. On the CM Punk documentary, <laughs> he mentions, I wrote 13 Weeks of TV, just dropped it on his table. And I was like, 
that's him writing a script. Like mm-hmm. he is a script writer. It's not just he's a professional stuntman who says words. Like yeah. he's not. He is a writer. So I'm interested to see what he does with it. Uh, Asa Butterfield is rumored to be Peter Parker. That's Hugo. Hugo is so good. And, I, and I, also the star of Ender's Game. I haven't seen it, but I'll never not love him for being in Hugo. Yeah, I, I think it's a beautiful his, movie. I don't care for his name. Butterfield for real. Butterfield. Too British. I, yeah, again, another Brit playing Spidey. I don't care. Boo. I'm, don't... Kid, I'm kidding too. Um, there's a new Dragon Ball Z. Which is rumored oh. to be called the first Spider Man. Spider Man, the next, next Avenger, Avenger. Yes. Which, which I'm not basic, big on. Basically makes it the <laughs> Peter Parker Ultimate Spider Man story right before which he died. Which I loved. Yeah. Because it sort of. He never really got like his full recognition as a member of the Ultimates. Mm-hmm. In that. And, and he died I think first. We, we had kind of all explained, like, we don't like Spider Man on the Avengers. I don't really hate it. No, I'm, um, I'm totally used to it now. Uh, I don't really hate that, but. I kind of hate that, like, why does Spider-Man have to be on the Avengers? It's not the most interesting <laughs> shit that he does. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it, it's it's kind of hard for, I don't know, Cap- Captain America really shines on the Avengers, mm-hmm. uh, occasionally in solo books. Spider-Man's better as solo, and especially in films. I'll mm-hmm. be, it, But it, if it's going to be called the next Avenger, then you have to expect that he will be in the um, Infinity, Infinity War which, which that's yeah. filming like that's wild too that they are filming that in 2016 for like nine months nine straight months. Those poor guys, Chris Evans nobody will ever come back after that yeah, that's just, what I'm betting well, I, I bet they're telling him saying like look we know you're sick of these characters mm-hmm. and this will be a long time and you just finished like advertising Avengers 2 but just film this for nine months and you're free then you're free to go. Though, or though, then again, they finish filming it, and then poor uh, the poor Thor has to then film his movie that comes out before Avengers. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! Yeah, it's all pretty wild. And that the Russo brothers too have to go straight from Civil War to filming Jesus. to directing that. Like they will never come back. Directing three Marvel <laughs> films in a row. It, it's lucky there's two of them. Yeah. Like they can at least share the burden on that. Oh, but yeah. boy. And last, well, not lastly, okay, so there's a new Dragon Ball TV series. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy that it is by Akira Toriyama, too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's official. And first time in 18 years? I just yeah, kept seeing that. Every show headline in, couldn't not mention first that. First TV show in 18 years, and it takes place before Dragon Ball GT. So if you're, if you're a hardcore fan like me, you can pretend Dragon Ball GT never happened, which is what I like <laughs> to think. That was, if it ain't by Akira Toriyama, which I'm not saying he's a genius, but if it's not by him... It's not true Dragon Ball. And so that's yeah. how I feel about it. And Chi-Chi. I think there's plenty of time in between um, for two people to stare at one another in deserts. <laughs> well, or... he also built in... That's something else about Dragon Ball. So the final Dragon Ball story, Majin Buu, mm-hmm. this, he like, once that storyline's over, they then cut forward, I believe, 20 years or 16 years. And so like they've done two films mm-hmm. lately, and this then follows up on those films. They take place in that span of time. Mm-hmm. And so... It doesn't F with Akira's happy ending, but he can just do what he wants in the in-between times. An interquel, then? An interquel. Yeah, interquel. And it's a Dragon Ball Cho, is the name of it. <laughs> and I would have to bet it's coming to America. One of my favorite comedians. And then Ryan, uh, then Ryan Phillippe said on Howard Stern that he's in talks to be Iron Fist. Uh, pretty Him. decent. I think he'd be a decent Iron Fist. He's... If you He's think about who rich, Dan- he looks like a rich white boy. And if you think about who Danny Rand is, a mm-hmm. guy who was kind of fell from get grace, a little humbled, mm-hmm. and that's how I consider Ryan <laughs> yeah, Reynolds as a movie, Reynolds. a movie star. 
I just hope he has good chemistry with um, uh, the the actor who's also in Halo Five, who's playing Luke Cage. Like that, he they the, cast Luke Cage. Yeah, they cast Luke right. Cage. You've you've seen the the African American man who's in um, the Halo Nightfall, that limited series, who's also the new Spartan in Halo Five. Might, might surprise you, but no, I don't watch the Halo series. Uh, and this character's also, name was Locke. You better be American if you're calling him African American. I, be- I believe he is. <laughs> yes, I believe he is. I heard him talk at Comic Con. Okay, he had okay, an, what it. I believe is an American accent. I will apologize profusely if I was wrong about this. Um, <laughs> it's, ter- it's just it's a term like really what the fuck? Why say it at all? And okay, and then there was also a really there's a cute. It was a commercial for Audi, mm-hmm. but it was a really cute commercial for Audi starring Stan Lee, directed by Kevin Smith, called Stan Lee's Cameo School, and it's him. Oh. Teaching people how to be a cameo, mm-hmm. how to do cameo. I'll have a link to it, and it'll be on the page of this episode. And maybe I'll just put it in the episode too. But it, it's a lot more visual. It's not like the Jeremy Renner song. Like this is mm-hmm. so much more visual. You just got to see it. It. Uh, but I could not. I had to appreciate that Kevin Smith could not resist putting a Skewniverse jokes in there for mega fans. The big one is. Michael Rooker is in it. Like, he's oh. one of the people who's in the class being taught cameo school by Stanley. And the whole joke is that Stanley is a terrible actor. Like, that's, that's <laughs> a joke in it. And, and he's giving direction to good actors. And when he's, Michael Rooker is talking about what a good actor Stanley is, Michael Rooker is eating chocolate covered pretzels. Like, he's. <laughs> It's just such a. I like that. I am not. I am not insulting Mr. Kevin Smith, my once, brother in podcast. For once, uh, I, I what I watched. I got. I, I watched Tusk recently. Didn't get mm-hmm. through it, but like that movie's fucking insane. I'm glad it exists. <laughs> um, All good, right. Good for, I did see. I loved his Kevin. He he announced Mallrats too, and this is not the place to say this. I just thought, hey, like, well, someone asked him, like, is Affleck going to be in it? He's like, I don't know. We haven't spoken in two years, and he's Batman now. Whoa. Like, oh, we haven't spoken in two years? Um, hmm. Interesting. And he's like, interesting. Like, but I got a plan. I got a plan. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about... Uh, are you ready for this superhero? Am I? Spotlight. Collect your hero. Well, because we're going to be probably doing a lot of Marvel ones next week when we talk when we finally talk about Avengers. Let's talk about the man of the hour who's in all the stuff these days, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Whoa, really? For this superhero spotlight. I'll get some pizza. Can I eat while we what? do this? <laughs> what, right now? Oh. I'll take that long. Well, I have it in the fridge. Okay, just go grab it. I'll, no, I'll, I'll get no. started on this. That's not how you host a show, Henry. No to food. <laughs> to let people... Uh, I failed the test. You did. It was, All a, right. it was a test and you failed. So, the Joker was uh, based on the silent film character from The Man Who Laughs. And he... With the rictus grin. And he was created truly by Jerry Robinson. He, uh, like, technically also by... Uh, Bill Finger, well, like it also cl- created by Bill Finger and by. I know Finger has his fingers in that. There's some <laughs> and Bob Kane. But but how how early on in Bill Finger was Bill Finger is the co-creator of Batman. No, at, sure, but like, but how early on was Joker introduced? He was introduced in Batman number one, number one, right? So which came not too long after the. Where he came killed, not too right? long. Well, yeah, he <laughs> dies in his first appearance. Like he, but which sets the tone. Like so, mm-hmm. he first appears. And also the, the the Red Hood is part of his first appearance as well. And in it, like, this has been something you've seen, they've reused in so many Joker stories, but mm-hmm. it has all these classic Jokerisms of him 
like being the cl- this clownish dude, this creepy dude who announces, "I'm gonna kill this guy. I already killed him. Like he's poisoned him." Mm-hmm. And and uh, you see a lot of this echoed. I really the, my favorite Joker origin is Brubaker's "The Man Who Laughs" mm-hmm. book, and it pulls stuff from the original Joker story. And he dies at the end of it, but that's also totally Joker of. Oh, he's dead. No, he's not. Joker doesn't die. He's immortal like, now. He's immortal. Yeah. And so that explains all. But it, Jerry Robinson and is the co-creator, and that was one of my favorite Comic-Con memories, was from 2008 Comic-Con, my first San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And this was one week after The Dark Knight, and Jerry Robinson was there, who has now passed away. Mm-hmm. He's, he's very old, was very old then. But it was like the best weekend of his life because... Everyone was the Joker. Everyone loved the Joker wow. more that weekend than they probably ever had wow. before. And he's like, "I'm the creator," and everybody's like, "We love you. Ooh. You're the best. Thank you." Uh, if you yeah, if you need to go watch that uh, Office Halloween special of uh, that <laughs> same year where everybody dressed like he's Ledger Joker. I like seeing the uh, the ones in the in the nurse outfit. Did, as well. did you see that? Like they they released that um, Jared Leto Joker picture. Like what? Well, again, traveling mm. on a Friday. Yeah. That Saturday at C2E2, there was more than one, like, perfect <laughs> uh, cosplayer. Those cosplayers, they are great. Fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, so also the classic Joker card was also designed by Jerry Robinson, too, oh. as seen in it. But, so, yeah, when the Joker came back, though, then he became a lot more goofy. And the 50s, and, <laughs> and especially the 60s, was the Joker becoming a, a goofball who didn't kill people, like, one of the classic like mimetic things of the joker from those old comics is joker pulls a boner or joker's boner (laughs) like because it was the new hip thing for kids to say of like it's a boner is in a mistake not a hard penis (laughs) uh and so and so yeah he and he also like was seen in comics kidnapping jerry lewis (laughs) And, and and also when you expect him to be, he's, oh, Joker's definitely the major Batman villain. But if you watch Batman 66, he's a part of the game. He, uh, he's not, he's yeah. big. He's big, but he's totally, like, you could but... argue the Riddler is a more important villain than. Yeah. The, the Riddler is the first guy he fights in it. And Catwoman's more important, too. Mm-hmm. And he's, as everybody knows, that was the first, I believe, first film incarnation, or te- first live action incarnation of the Joker played by. Caesar Romero, Romero, who refused, refused to, to shave his mustache. Yeah. And I love that they had. That I've been looking, eyeing that action figure in my comic <laughs> store, which it it manages to keep the mustache, and it's just and perfect because so it looks like the mold of someone else's face mm-hmm. that they painted white over, which is exactly how it looked. <laughs> uh, so he wasn't like those old Batman's uh, like Republic serials. Like he wasn't Joker. Um, you no, know, I don't believe so. But I'm actually not very. I'm not the most familiar. On well, if it's things. anything like the old Fleischer uh, uh, cartoons, like Superman doesn't have a main villain in those things. Yeah, yeah. Well, often they're just like the saboteur yeah. has taken the, the thing. mummies. Get the smuggler. <laughs> yes. Or this man built an automaton. Oh, I look must... at that! It's the communist. <laughs> and okay, Batman so, feeds him his teeth. So cut <laughs> to. Uh, okay, so. You cut to the 70s. You have Joker the goofball mm-hmm. all this time. I would like to kind of pinpoint when he became the, the sadistic The person. turn came Ooh, in the 70s. Man. Because 
<laughs> it began there, though he's still not as bad then. The, in the 70s, is I believe the, the, the issue is Joker's five-way revenge. Joker hadn't been seen in a very long time. And in the 70s, this was when the Dark Knight Detective it started for the Batman series, written by dudes like Steve Englehart, uh, Denny O'Neill, and artists like uh, Jim Apero and Neil Adams. They took over Batman, and they were going very much in the opposite. This was the, the beginning of, this is an Adam West. This is dark and rainy and gothic. And so when they bring, when Denny O'Neill... We talked a bit about this week's Laser Time, just a quick plug. We, I, I love that the Batman TV series made it in there. Yeah. Well, and so Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams write Joker's Five-Way Revenge, which is Joker comes back and is getting revenge on his old crime partners and is murdering them, just straight up murdering them. And he's doing the death traps of, hey, Batman, I'm going to drop you in the shark tank. And he's killed people. And Joker is a threat again and the more twisted character than just the goofball that goes, hee, hee, hee. Begins to emerge there. He gets way more violent. Like he starts racking up the body count, and that's also in the seventies where you get the Joker fish and uh, the one where Joker inherits a ton of money. Those stories got mined for great Joker episodes on the animated series. Mm -hmm. Paul Dini was a real fan of those things, but I think then what put him over the edge. So he was definitely violent, and he was Mm -hmm. definitely a killer, and he was Batman's a number one villain. With, like, Ra's al Ghul being a number one A. Mm-hmm. Um, but Joker was number one. But then 86 is where it really turned. Because that had the combination of Dark Knight Returns, which cast Joker as basically a drag queen that is in love with Batman. <laughs> and so, that was... so sociopathically, callously murders people. Really? Like, it's, it's just the most heartless Joker had ever been. Like, Joker would definitely... Joker would totally shoot people in the face because he doesn't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. But this Joker committed, like, almost genocide and was ready to commit genocide in Dark Knight Returns. Like, he was that bad. Yeah. And he just wanted to see people smile. And he was was also, I think, one of the first times Miller definitely embraced the subtext of the Joker's in love with Batman. Whether a sexual love or whatever, it's the whole, like, you complete me, we'll do this forever type of thing. That it's always this dance and the like. When the Batman disappeared, the Joker goes catatonic and just gets captured and doesn't do anything. And mm. then when the Batman returns, what, then he loses it. This is 1986. 86. And also in 86 was a death in the family. Mm. And that was when incontinuity Joker also crossed the line. Yes. Like again. We got to vote on it. He'd killed people. <laughs> but this was him beating Robin to death. Mm-hmm. Just graphically, like, yep, smash, 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 you're dead, bye. And just leaves him to die. And he then explodes, and so it's still technically by the Joker's hand. And the killing joke comes out a year later in 1987, which also further explores, like, how broke down... It it makes madness very much the core of Joker in analyzing madness, and Mm -hmm. that he's... What is insanity? It's still great, by the way, and and that's also I'm him. Tempted to reread Dark Knight Returns. He again. wants to in that story. He wants to break the most sane man in Gotham, which is Gordon, and mm. he shoots Barbara. He shoots Barbara Gordon, cripples cripples Batgirl. So, in two years, the Joker goes from like kind of a threat to the biggest threat Batman's ever had, who has killed killed his adopted son, crippled one of the most. 
closest person in his life, mm. tortures Commissioner Gordon, and is racking up a body count in the hundreds. Like, and one of the silly things in a death in the family is when Joker, when Joker comes back to America. He is now working with the Shah of Iran and has diplomatic immunity. <laughs> like, that's one of the dated okay. 1980s elements. People forget about Death in the Family. He is working with I don't believe Shah, I've read it ever. Shah Khomeini, like, who, who died in, I think, like, 90, in the early 90s. I wanted to look, because I wanted to see, like, I didn't want to bring it up and sound... I'm afraid of sounding ignorant on the air, but let's face it, I'm ignorant. And I did not read The Dark Knight Returns when I was six years old. That mm-hmm. did not happen. Uh, and I did not read The Killing Joke when I was five. Right. There's no way that happened. But I was like, but, you know, I became most aware of the Joker via Batman. And, of course, the Batman animated the series animated followed series, him. Yeah. And I, wanted to, I was hoping that Tim Burton wasn't in any way responsible. But I, I sort of was like, why did he Why did he cast the Joker? And according to the mild research I've done, it's like... Warner Brothers wasn't really dead set on going with an adaptation of Batman at all uh-huh. until the success of Killing Joke. Oh. And um, Killing Joke and Dark Knight Returns. And Tim know. Burton, his quote is like, I didn't read comics. I have dyslexia. <laughs> uh, but uh, Killing Joke, I read that. First wow. book I ever loved. Um, no, and you can definitely see the shades of that in his Batman. Because like, in, yeah, in talking like, Batman, totally. It could have gone a, without the Killing Joke and. Dark Knight Returns, they make a Batman movie. It very easily could have been another villain yeah, in that film. Yeah, and that also, I think, made... And, and I'm just saying that because that's, that's where Batman was in, like, made me love Batman. So, yeah, like, in 89, and I believe it was 91 or... 89 was Batman. Yeah. And then I believe it was 91 or 92 in the animated series started. Mm-hmm. And in both of those, the Joker plays a pit... Well, I mean, he is the... He's he, the, he is he the honestly villain. gets more... He gets more screen time, probably. He gets more lines than yeah. Bruce Wayne does, I'd mm-hmm. say. Like, that's a complaint you could lodge at Burton's Batman films, is that he cares way more about the villains than Batman. Mm. And the Joker is so major in there. Everybody loves the Joker. His fashion sense is... Mm. His his cruelness, like he's such a cruel, funny dude. His dancing with the devil at pale moonlight. Mm-hmm. His love of Prince. <laughs> All those things. And and then you bring in Mark Hamill's portrayal of the Joker. It's and my, still my favorite. It still just owns the character. Mm-hmm. Like the character becomes. <laughs> and somehow they're able to play the Joker with supreme menace. Mm-hmm. On a children's cartoon, yeah. like, but he's, but he, all of his threats are like because of what was established in Batman. His yeah. all of his threats are generally citywide, and you know he can pull it off because yeah. he's done it in other stuff. And and again, Mark Hamill plays him with such a demented edge. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, like he can pop off at any time, and that's also when he got Harley Quinn, who's been like in an important part of the whole Joker scheme mm-hmm. since then, and so. Uh, in the years since that, like Joker kind of was pretty much the movie Joker in the comics mm-hmm. for a very long time. He even went to the point of becoming Emperor Joker when he, he stole <laughs> Mr. Mixel Pit Slick's powers. And, what? And it, it's because it I, I kind of you know obviously I jumped back on the bandwagon with a uh, uh, new fifty two. Uh huh. And he's used so sparingly. Yeah. Well, because Emperor Joker, I think. They after Emperor Joker, then they did a comic that was basically like goodbye to the Joker because they realized they'd used him far too much, mm-hmm. and they had to put him on ice for a few years. Poor and, and I think since then they've been trying to use him more sparingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the New Fifty Two really like so the Joker first off in Batman R.I.P. Mm-hmm. They or in just Grant Morrison's run on the Joker, the first issue of. 
Batman by Grant Morrison. On like the fifth page, the Joker is shot in the face. Shot in the face by a guy pretending to be Joker. Or pretending to be Batman. Mm. He's shot in the face by him. And Joker survives, but his face is completely changed. And like he at that point goes like super punk rock crazy and has like a bullet wound in his sorry, a bullet wound in his forehead the whole time. And like he's doing things like cutting his own tongue Jesus. cutting his own tongue down the middle while talking to Batman. And just talking in such a weird like Morrison's Joker is a weirdo. Like he is he is one of the strangest jokers they've ever done. And then there was also uh so you had that. Then when Joker comes back in the first issue of Detective Comics for New 52, Joker's more down like he's more like what you expected from Joker until the end where he cuts his own fucking face off and nails it to the wall. Yeah. And then you don't see the Joker again until Snyder picks him up in Death of the Family. And that also brings you to Joker now. And, and yeah, they've been playing with the Joker a lot since then, too. And he's just been this demented guy. Mm-hmm. He was really hard to pin down. And that he is just like chaos incarnate, Love which it. is also what Heath Ledger went for in mm-hmm. his film, too. Like, he was, he was chaos. To Batman's order, he was chaos. Yeah. And he also represented, you know, the new post-9-11 era of terrorism and what terror means. Like, mm. it's, yeah, the Joker, I think the Joker is like Batman, a character that can fit for anything. And he's I mean, a very he, amorphous character. I've always, I've never been able to articulate, articulate it very well, but as like a writing tool, mm-hmm. if you were concocting the perfect villain, <laughs> what does he do? What do we want to see a villain do? And like, well, who would have the motivation to do that? No one. <laughs> no one ever, except for the Joker, because it's we understand immediately his job is like, well, he really likes tormenting Batman. Um, he loves it. He loves it. Yeah. And that's that's kind of his only motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not revenge. Uh, it's not money. He doesn't care about it's money. It's not power. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be entertaining the reader. That's why I've always lo- loved the Joker. <laughs> that is, that's true. That <laughs> is his only interest. <laughs> what will I do now? Yeah. So it's hard. I, I think... Sometimes I sour on the Joker just because it's so, like I said with Saga earlier, of just Mm -hmm. like, it's just so obvious. Yeah, Joker's great. Like Joker's he's a magical tool. He really is. And but it just becomes like an oversaid thing Mm -hmm. that you get worried about saying it too much. Like, yeah, duh, the Joker's great. Time to find. It's the same with like, yeah, yeah. Of course, the Beatles are great, but I want to find. Bob Dylan or like somebody way less famous than but that here, to be like no I found the cooler the conclusion thing. That I, I had in that interview and like now take the Joker mm-hmm. and dial back some of the more lethal and malevolent things and let's say he acted only when prompted mm-hmm. that's Bugs Bunny <laughs> now add in despair and futile anger and mm-hmm. you get Donald Duck <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how I made the transition. It just made me feel like, oh, that's why I like these characters, is that they're very easy to rile up and entertain the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that is great. All right, so that is the superhero spotlight for the Joker. Collect your hero. And so I hope I hope all the people who felt that I was too mean to Jared Leto's Joker know that I love the character. We, I, I can't say it enough. Everything about him looks really, really great, except for the tattoos. That yeah. is it. And if you already listened to Hank's Corner, like you know, I I spotlit a, a few of my favorite Joker stories for this week that you definitely need to check out. The Joker needs to look scary. Yeah. And the idea that like we'll, we'll give him tattoos and like. Fucking Brett has like 19 well, tattoos. It makes him look like, like, this, like a meth tweaker or something. Yeah, I don't just, know. It's, it's or like to... a, a Breaking Bad character. Yeah, you know? yeah, yes. It, 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 
No, it, no, it does. That's not who he is. And like, mm. if there, there, we live in a world where like all the squares have tattoos, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, it's not a cool thing anymore. There's this in in Bob Odenkirk's new humor book. He has this great line about how uh, his what suggestions he'd give you on what tattoos to have, mm-hmm. and one of them was just like, don't get any writing on or anything like. Don't get any like foreign writing or weird writing period or, or weird tribal things because then it just becomes wallpaper nobody even notices anymore and what's the point of a tattoo if nobody notices <laughs> that he just said it becomes <laughs> wallpaper like all right so I love you blood time to get to the uh question of the week replies from last week wow odin kirk <laughs> Uh, so we asked people, what Batman Superman story would you like to see up Ooh. on the big screen? And uh, starting with Raccoon Hale, uh, and one of the new MVPs of the Laser Time forums. The Batman Superman Adventures initial crossover when the Joker teams up with Lex to defeat Superman, stealing a statue of kryptonite. But then double crosses him and takes over his giant wing ship, which he paints like a giant smile, and attacks Metropolis. Like, yeah, that is great. And also... Can't stop thinking about Endgame. God damn it. And also he points out just how... Also that Bruce Wayne, like, is macking on Lois kind of to get it Clark. Like, he just starts dating Lois Lane for several episodes. Uh. And then she finds... It also has this funny bit where she finds out he's Batman... But doesn't know Clark is Superman and and doesn't know that Clark knows he's Batman. So Clark just gets kind of these like funny scenes where she's protecting Batman's secret identity when he already knows. Uh, Then Triscuitable said uh, this. Well, I love this one. Triscuitable. While the sound of one hand clapping is more Superman Joker, the story concludes with an argument between soups and bats concerning how Superman even allowed Joker or between bat soups and bats concerning how Batman even allowed the Joker to leave Gotham in the first place. It's an interesting insight in the character, plus the Joker is actually pretty funny. Uh, then Super Giraffe says, this one I love. He pulled one from the 50s, like a, a wow. golden age Superman-Batman story. This one is easy. The super key to Fort Superman <laughs> is hands down the best battle between the two characters. It's a battle of wits instead it's a battle of wits instead of a throwdown fight, and it's all, and it's all in good spirit. Plus, it ends with Superman and Batman eating birthday cake, <laughs> which that's what it is. Like Superman, Batman. It's one of those like that they did a million times in Golden Age comics, which has a trick cover of Superman dead. And how did I do it? Says Batman, but. Superman just makes all these tricks in the Fortress of Solitude, mm-hmm. puzzles for Bat uh, for Superman to see if he can he can unlock them, and it turns out at the end Superman unlocks it. Batman's like, "You did it! The perfect birthday gift for you. I wanted to <laughs> challenge you. This marks the anniversary of your arrival on on, a, on Earth. Now let's go get cake." And he has a giant birthday cake that Superman <laughs> is cutting with a giant knife afterwards, and then Batman says don't hurt your mouth on that cake and then Superman says I can eat solid steel I'll be fine I just wanted to bring people back he just eats a giant birthday cake <laughs> they eat a giant birthday cake together I love it and then Lex steals it oh, uh, Batman Boy 11 says despite Batman Hush not being the best story around I did actually like what Loeb had to say about Superman it's pretty they, cool they both recognize that each operates in a way that they deem inappropriate and they may have arguments and disagreements but ultimately they trust each other with their lives yeah plus it presented an actual plausible way for Batman to defeat Superman i.e. put Lois in danger so Clark would snap out of the mind control 
uh, Obi Sean Kenobi said, I probably should have reread this before posting, but the world's finest uh, story from Batman Superman by Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis. It is a summer popcorn movie and a kickoff to the Infinite Crisis. And then lastly, uh, Death by Death by Snoo Snoo. D-E-F-F. Hey, a Futurama reference, a show I love dearly. Please. Uh, the the Flash slash Arrow crossover was a beer, brilliant spiritual Superman-Batman crossover. The rich, disciplined, skilled vigilante versus the blue-collared super being. Justice from the light versus justice from the dark. One of the best things DC put out lately. Hmm. All right, so that was all the all the best answers to last week's special week. Thank you very much. We're going to get out of here, so just quickly, this week's question of the week, it'll be in the forums. What was your free comic book day like? Stories from your free comic book see, day? I Pictures are great. Comics. I want to see the comic stores. I do. Yeah. I want to see comic stores from around the country, even just the, even if it's just one picture of the front. Yeah. Well, the worst go- camera phone in the universe. What was going on at your local comic book shop? What did you buy? What were your favorite free issues? I want to see what comic stores around the world look like. I want all those ah. stories, so please share that. And next week, boy, oh boy, it'll be uh, Age of Ultron time. Hopefully we'll be able to snag Brett Elston and maybe even somebody else. I and we'll have down. a big... Huh? I locked him down. Okay. He's in. And then we'll have a big spoilery talk about the Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. So the Brits can yeah, finally catch We can finally catch up with the Brits. Ugh. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk uh, as we do with our spoilers. We'll keep it to the second half of the show, so you'll still be safe listening. Uh, if you're still if you're listening to this later in the week, you can still find these things on YouTube.com slash LazerTimeNetwork. Uh, we, Hank and I, streamed Avengers games all, yeah. uh, all week, and, and Dave as well. Dave Dave might jump in on a couple. I don't know yet. Um, but what did we start with? We Cap- started, well, we started with uh, Captain America and the Avengers, the arcade Oh, game. yes, yeah. And I didn't realize how like every single sound effect was a talk radar bumper. <laughs> no, he took all of it. You it was great. Stupid men. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 I love it. I love that game. Uh, it, I, I see its flaws now, mm-hmm. having played it oh, twice in a row. Uh, but I still love it. It is where I fell in love with Iron Man. Oh yeah, um, that that game in particular. I love that outfit he has in that one. I hate the Vision outfit. It's the worst. Well, yeah, White Vision is one of the, is one of his darkest times. You, um, you would think. An all-white outfit would be better than the clashing red, green, and yellow of his normal outfit, and yet it's not. So Thursday, when this airs, uh, oh, we, we will did be Cap streaming. Super Soldier on Wednesday. We did, and we'll be doing the Avengers. What is it? Battle for Earth? Uh, yes, or something. The Marvel's Avengers: The Battle for Earth, which was the Ubisoft's fighting game that didn't get great reviews, but that was on Connect. We're going to be playing the Wii U version. Yeah. So totally different. And then uh, Thor and some Iron Man on Friday, and then boom, we are. Definitely going to the city. You're going to be in the city for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll yeah. go straight to the Van Ness Theater. Catch us there if you live in the city. <laughs> Don't really. Leave us alone. No I'm, no, I'm kidding. If you actually do live in the city and want to say hello, then please do. Uh, but also, hey, plug time. Quick wanted to say again. Lasertime.bandcamp.com for those commentaries. Check them out. This week's Laser Time was great. Mm-hmm. We talk about yes, the short-lived, short-lived stuff. successes. Which, yep. the, if you didn't realize, the Batman television show, which I grew up watching in the '80s, mm-hmm. really only lasted for two years. Yeah, and only one and year of real success. Burned out really fast. Yeah. Um, but it, stuff like that, mm-hmm. you can see on the front, Guitar Hero, Furby, things that burned so bright. They Brett had a good term for it. They supernova. Yeah, they practically imploded. And we also record. Man, next week's Laser Time. I can't wait for people yeah. to hear it. So I, good. I Dan thought Hammer. we had such a great time. First in studio appearance. And Stupid video game apocalypse stealing them this week. 
Yeah, but you can hear Dan Emmerich on this week's Vigi Game Apocalypse. Which uh, we'll be talking about the mouthiest mascots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was also a new cheap podcast this week mm-hmm. where with special guest Carolyn Goodmanson, I uh, love talking with and, her about pro wrestling. And a new VG Empire featuring Monkey Ball. Oh, that's such a great episode. We had such a good time. And there's so many cool things going on. And just keep going to lasertimepodcast.com because I've been doing more posts lately. You know, if you follow us on Facebook, I also have been Facebooking at stuff. But like, I wrote up the Amazon thing this week where I got to reminisce about watching Paddington Bear cartoons and, <laughs> and Samurai, and Pizza, Samurai Cats. Pizza Cats as a kid. I wrote up that Joker thing. Like, I wrote up about the animated Spider-Man movie. Like, all this great stuff. It's it's been really great. So keep checking LazerTimePodcast.com. I love all you right. people. So we'll see you, see you next time. And until then, Excelsior. Excelsior.